0: I, I i would never claim that we have the ability to control them we you know our, our job is principally at a record company i believe is to put the spotlight on the very best parts of them just you know to spotlight and to magnify the very best parts of artists I, to all intents and purposes the majority of people are head two arms two legs and yet just a slightly different shift in the cerebral makeup or the emotional makeup or 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 in in the chemical makeup of people's bodies can cause them to, to become completely different people that can be magnetic that can be charismatic that can, that can just, just hold a room of you know a, a room, a stadium a theatre sure. event I mean it's, yeah. it's fascinating to see and, and you know articulating what the difference is between somebody that can do that and can't is very difficult yeah. but, but
1: having done it for a while you know it when you see it <laughs> Ladies and Gentlemen Today we'll be travelling along Kensington High Street in West London to the Head Office of Universal Music. Madcap London Arts Correspondent Chris Winstanley will be speaking with Ted Cockle, President of Virgin EMI. Thank you for, uh, for, for coming out to play.
2: It'd be great just to start by asking you how, how you got into the, the music industry, whether this was something you always wanted to do.
0: Um, can't can't pretend it, it was uh, as as choreographed as um, I would retrospectively like it to appear. <laughs> Whilst I was trying to get myself a proper job, I, I probably just spent time going out because it was something that I, I liked doing. I'd just be out as much as possible, go and see bands, probably more clubs and dance music historically. That that was where I became most excited and then and then progressively just just from I think it's that Malcolm Gladwell thing about doing something for 10,000 hours probably (laughs) probably somewhere along the line you do end up having half a clue about what's going on in the world because you've been to a lot of venues or you've you've heard a lot of the DJs or you've seen a lot of the bands and so progressively you begin to have some understanding of that was good that wasn't so good so we, we, we we were we were kids just just going out out to play and then through a combination of a load of good fortune there was somebody running a club and I had no idea what I was doing but I knew a lot of the people <laughs> in the area so I could bring a crowd out to it so I got some experience running a club putting on bands. So you sort of became a promoter? Uh, yeah to to, to to all intents and purposes there promoter of the club and, and and because we were just excited by stuff we kind of picked pretty well not not through any any business acumen or something just literally trying to book what we were excited about yeah that was kind of in the early 90s and then then I found myself at university and and was got involved with the entertainments committee and stuff there and 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 that was on a slightly larger scale so so ended up with some some understanding of the the bigger venues in in Bristol in in, in the UK and met more people through there people who were managers people who were tour managers people that were running different venues and and so slowly just accumulated a, a greater understanding which which as i retrospectively is is known as experience but at yes. the time was just having a what, nice time what are you doing tonight or yeah. what's fun yeah then i as i left university i, I managed to secure a job at, at sony music in a in a in a sales department and um through a, a kind of an, another couple of twists of just where I was out, I have met some other people higher up in the company in a completely different part of the company who, who were like, "What are you doing here?" Because you're meant to be the kid in sales that doesn't come to these things. And it was like we were just out because we liked the band, and and suddenly, um I kind of just had a was was elevated through a few positions, which gave me access to stuff. And then
2: and you became was it marketing director at Sony? Yes,
0: yeah, so I was there for. Um, At Sony for 10 years as marketing director with some really good times and then 10 years ago I came across Universal, started at Ireland and then after a couple of years became co-president of Ireland Records for eight years and then two years ago when Universal acquired EMI the company structure has changed a little bit and uh, the Mercury brand within Universal was merged with Virgin from the EMI group and Virgin EMI started at the um, beginning of 2013. Yes. Um, and we've pleasingly had a good run being number one singles company, number one albums company for the last two years since we've yeah. existed.
2: It was an amazing start to uh, <laughs> your tenure.
0: No, no, exactly. We've been we've been um very lucky. The um I, I managed to combine Virgin was coming off the back of a, of a good run with, with, with Emily Sande that had just begun to dig in, they'd signed Bastille which we started working and releasing as 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 we took over.
1: Did I see no kind of warning i can work out what i've done wrong
0: and then pleasingly i'd had a had a, an, a, a lot of communication with different parts in america we had some existing clients that, that moved with me from ireland queen and pearl jam and at the time paul weller right and and progressively we just had a breadth of roster that was um that was good with both dance acts established acts legends everything and and so far so good
2: just been down in your your reception right. and um here at universal and uh, there's the logos of all of the record right. labels that are represented which are most record labels most of us right. have heard of H- how do the sort of labels work together to decide you know who looks after what acts and um
0: oh, in, in universal it's a a, a a very very competitive arguably as competitive internally as it <laughs> is externally okay but certainly um the the Polydor island um, and Virgin EMI hit, are on um, different floors of this building. Capital Records is, is attached to the company, but it's just down the road on Kensington High Street here in London and and Decca forms part of the company. Uh, whilst in some ways we may think we fish in, in slightly different ponds, m- most of the labels do try and access the, the best talent and, and so we are deeply competitive. Right. We, we kind of may be... Uh, relatively polite to to each other uh, in 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 the social, but in yes. in, in the deal, we're we're we kind of happy to um to kill each other really. <laughs> sure. So same. so
2: how do how do artists choose between? I mean, it can't just be a sort of financial decision. There must be some other elements. No, the artist.
0: I I think there there is a may I mean, there, there are some artists for for whom the history and the association of of the name with certain acts actually is just. Just the the deciding factor in their decision making, as simple as that. Yeah. There will be some managers that will have particularly close relationships with different staff on the different floors, or you know, frequently, um, you know, it, it's the, the the first to the prize. If 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 us at Virgin EMI are are quickest to show interest in the act are quicker to nurture that interest sometimes we we may help in whichever way we can to begin with to help it along um there's a whole host of decisions that will determine whether an act chooses us or not but but mo- most most of the time it tends to be either uh you know a long-term love affair with a particular label because people were obsessed with some of the artists that were on that label historically or it comes down to the personalities and 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 feel and passion that that individual and r men or individual people at the company show to that artist you know it is lovely to be loved it is yes, lovely to be the center of people's affection
2: yeah you mentioned nurturing there, which is something i wanted to to ask about it It sounds like you've been very successful at that right. what, What's your sort of a, approach you know how do you try and help mold an artist um, if that's the right word
0: yeah no listen, we try i mean i mean some like like any any members of your family respond to very different treatments and 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 some need to be pushed some need to be pulled and kind of recognizing what it is that they that each artist requires i mean um, as as a as a completely aggressive businessman running a major label, I've unfortunately only learned
1: me what's on your mind.
0: artists don't respond to any of the conventional pressures of of business, <laughs> and therefore applying it, uh, I I wish it did work. You know, I, I'm always fascinated by what the labels are accused of doing, but, but trust me, you. You can't force a human individual to do anything. Anybody with their children or anybody with young cousins or nephews or nieces, or something, just knows that people operate at their own speed, and and you slowly get devices or techniques that may help it along. But in in short, artists will work at their own speed, and and some yeah. artists are indeed prolific, and some people, some of them, do write a song a day and write 50 songs in 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 over the few months and. And, and you get an album together quickly and others are dreadfully slow. You yeah. know, it's, it's like people doing your homework at school. So, mm. You know, and you just have to provide the environment in which that works. Shot, shot,
1: shot. This is Madcap London and our guest for this podcast episode is Ted Cockle. Ted serves as the president of Virgin EMI. Let's hear what he has to say. The artist also
2: changes, you know, going from just producing material for pleasure yeah. to then having a certain deadlines by which time you've
0: it's a, a like massive the the you know you what, what's the phrase that you have a lifetime to make your first album yes. and about <laughs> six months to make your second album and that and that time and time again does does create a whole load of problems you know the the, the kids making an album with their powers in their bedrooms with no pressures and just some faint hope of that they might play a song and, and Lindsay down the road might fancy them if they turn up on stage is very different from the fact of when they've sold a million records around the world and and the public spotlight is on them you yes, know the of dynamics and mindsets of being able to handle that are so very different yeah that that forever is is what determines a career artist from from somebody that just had the spirit of youth and lucked out with some, with some songs yeah <laughs> definitely
2: yeah. it must always be sort of part of your role to to try and Move your artists over to to the US from the yeah. UK and, and Europe. Um, it, it seems like that's a very hit and miss process. Did, how do you see it working? Is the US so very different?
0: Well, it, it's it's always a fascinating world uh, at the moment. I mean, progressively, I think there is a greater obsession both ways. In fact, American art is being obsessed in the UK. The speed of movement of repertoire from the UK to America has has increased enormously as a slight sell on universal i think we can tangibly attribute this to is that there are senior executives at record companies in america that are now british right and so by just forget any strategic plan which which i think there genuinely are some now Mm. i think naturally people will just look back home on what what's going on there and the dialogue is, Mm. is, is increased so much i mean we've We've certainly um, gone from a few years ago when it felt like you were just hitting a tennis ball aimlessly over to America and hope something would stick, that there are some really, really great plans on, on stuff going backwards and forwards. And whether that be with, you know, for me, it started with Amy Winehouse, um, you know, whatever that is, seven, eight years ago now, to Florence and the Machine, to Mumford and Sons, to some of the disclosure, to Jesse Ware... And even even in the last year or eighty two years for us with, with Bastille, who've had an incredible run in yes. in there. But you know, Capitol Records in America is run by Steve Barnett from Wolverhampton. The, right. you know, there yes. Lucian Grange is 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 from North London who heads up the whole of the Universal Music Group. Um, so it's, mo-
2: it's, it's almost as much about the, the connections
0: yeah I think so and I think those connections are good and there's an incredible guy called Rob Stringer as well who 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 runs Columbia in, in, in North America He's a British guy most infamous for the Manic Street Preachers and stuff ran, ran Epic in the UK for a long time and yeah. it's just that constant just understanding and affection for British music British people I'm sure helps but so there's a love and affection and then i think there's strategy i think you know we we may be on the coattails of the fact that um youtube or or soundcloud or itunes or something has just been more efficient at sending music around the world and i think some of the the channels and outlets where people where kids adults just check for music are just it's just a quicker process to, to to go across the atlantic
2: and for other sort of major major markets yeah. how do you see you know china obviously is is huge yeah. but then you know just around the corner uh, we we've, we've got africa developing hugely
0: there are you know the 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 main obstacle for us all are actually distribution platforms that everybody's working on and and that that's where the energy um, and time is, is is being spent so I, I think I think most of the obstacles to that are just getting into consistent delivery systems for, for, forget cultural differences which are enormous forget sure. musical differences that are enormous but the, pe- the the actual ability to go into that market is based on us just sometimes being able to get music out there in a way that that's happening you know and it's taken a while you know if we're talking about Africa that is it's primarily a you know, a, a, a mobile and a telco um, obstacles to overcome, and, and clearly is getting there. And, you know, we're there's all sorts of things where we're all trying to make moves. You know, we're, I've got some, you know, a, a higher levels than me. They're, they're certainly exploring some of the Chinese stuff, but even for me at a level just as an artist to artist level, there's some, some African artists that I'm particularly interested in at the moment, and there's a Chinese girl that I'm also particularly interested in that, that I think combine all the different worlds that we're right. trying to do and, and yeah. i look forward to testing out the market yeah. um it's very soon
2: waiting for the the platforms and the technology to <laughs> it, very very on. much so yeah. but, but
0: sometimes you you know it is the most amazing artist that makes those platforms accelerate in their in their delivery as well you know yeah. when when we're excited by something stuff normally yeah, happens we make it happen,
2: yeah <laughs> Thinking about the sort of wider music industry, particularly in, in developed countries, how, how have shows like X Factor and The Voice changed how you operate as a, a record label executive?
1: They
0: Mixed. I mean, they're they're. I, I I don't think I think I think it's fair to say that these are these are principally and primarily entertainment programs. Um, on occasions, they have been a a a platform in which which a talented singer has been has been found. Um, they go on. They can be great. they There's certainly a load of fun. There's no no question about that. They they tend to uh, my, my two comments on it. They t- they tend to find singers rather than artists. And by the same token, I don't know whether the public are are always you know they, they want wholly decent, wholly respectable, wholly well mannered people to become the winners of the shows. Right. Yes. And the history of music <laughs> is completely contrary to that. Of course. Where, you know from from Elvis scaring middle America to to Mick Jagger winding up the world, you know, before we even get into the world of a uh, uh, John Lydon, yeah. before we get into, you know, a a Gallagher brother, <laughs> you know, the most exciting acts in the first instance certainly for the first couple of years of their life are normally completely repulsive to the moral majority they're not normally conventional not at all they're <laughs> they're rude obnoxious full of it you know brash um and they're just in the uh, you know a hurricane of madness and of consumption of things that people in nice walks of life don't want to see
1: i want to see you pick up your pick
0: And so I think TV programs are at the other opposite end of the spectrum, and so tend to create a very different breed of artists it's to those that come. Yeah, yeah, completely, like. completely. Yeah. Talented in certain ways, undoubtedly, Sure. but certainly not as extreme, and certainly not as culturally significant.
2: Is there still the same sort of um, behaviour then amongst artists? You know, do, do you still find that new people that you sign can be a little bit off the rails, or?
0: No, 100%. You know, (laughs) I I think in the evolution of the human mind, you know, uh, post-Elvis rock and roll, the mind hasn't changed too much. And, and, you know, the ability to want to get on stage is a strange gene. It's a very, very, very strange and unique gene. If you want to get up on stage, and and that can have many forms, whether you want to get up on stage because you want to present your music, you want to get up on stage because you want to be a star, you you want to get up on stage because you want to perform... Um, but it does instantly separate most artists from from the bulk of the population. Sure. It's a very different, um, a very different mental makeup, and with that, sometimes comes a pursuit of pleasure, a pursuit of fun, a pursuit of excitement that may not be what your GP recommends for 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 a healthy lifestyle
2: have there been obviously without naming names but have have there been artists that you've taken on board clearly you've spotted something in them and their ability to to create fantastic music but where you have thought christ am i actually going to be able to manage this artist
0: constantly 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 (laughs) constantly you know uh, at the heart of most of them you know they they are um without exception with without your, exception.
2: Your role sounds like it has sort of the the ring of circus master. A no no bit.
0: no, it's complete completely circus master in, in in that way and and the suggestion that circus master controls them. I mean we I, I I would never claim that we have the ability to control them. We you know our our job is principally at a record company, I believe, is to put the spotlight on the very best parts of them. You just you know just spotlight and to magnify the very best parts of artists to all intents and purposes the majority of people are head two arms two legs and yet just a slightly different shift in the cerebral makeup or the emotional makeup or 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 in in the chemical makeup of people's bodies can cause them to to become completely different people that can be magnetic that can be charismatic that can that can just just hold a room of you know a, a room a stadium a theater sure. event i mean it's yeah. it's fascinating to see and and you know articulating what the difference is between somebody that can do that and can't is very difficult yeah. but but having done it for a while, you know it when you see it and and a lot of the people. You know, I'm sounding kind of like a hippie, but but they a lot of them have no choice in which People keep saying, "Why did you do that as an artist?" It's like most of them who are exceptional have no choice. It has to do it. You know, we 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 sign them that. You know, you know. I think if you see the great ones, they would be doing it in the corner of a pub, even if nobody was if that was their watching. Audience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's what they 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 have to do, and and sometimes we. Sort of sift them out by you. I think. I think I can progressively tell the ones that are doing it because it might be fun to do this summer, and the ones that survive and the ones that become become enormous are the fact that they 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 have no choice.
2: Yeah, yeah. Distribution we've talked about a little bit, and obviously yeah. it's changed massively over the last ten years. What What do you think music distribution will will look like in another ten years?
0: I I, th- I think I think the, the 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 public tell us how they want to consume music. I mean. I certainly wouldn't suggest it whilst it becomes part of my job it 's certainly not my specialist subject my 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 learnings are my principal the principal part of my job is to get people excited in the artists that we have somewhere along the line. We work out the way to then get the music to people or the public tell us how they want that music when we are the industry we'll always discuss about the frontline activity in terms of the changes in the distribution platforms however if you actually look to the market you know there is still a huge combination of ways in which people are wanting to go out and buy music you know certainly at the back half of the year you know the number of cds being sold in shops is enormous it's not the sexy thing to talk about it's not what is causing the dilemma it's not what artists are talking about it's not what managers are sometimes worried about for for the way they're enumerated on on stuff you know so you know when without getting into a vinyl situation you know the number of itunes customers around the world downloading it may have a, a, a decline but it is enormous yes. you know people still use that format and loads of people find it great for them loads of people will just be watching videos on youtube the soundcloud phenomenon is enormous the streaming of spotify adds some tidal fun and games uh, you know which have made you know a, a great play in in, in recent weeks Anything that's suggested that is as, as Apple extends its remit within different plans, you know, and I could name, you know, twenty other things that are relevant, whether it be Deezer where the different countries where different different facilities are better. You know So it, the landscape's just getting a lot landscape more. Landscape will continue to continue to change. C- clearly the the signs for most people are suggesting that access models rather than ownership models are the models that will, will dominate the game so that is it but but dismissing you know i, I might suggest that i might not be open a cassette manufacturer but aside from that there are still a huge number of different ways to do it the overall trend looks as if streaming is the one where there is greatest growth and you understand that that those access models seem to be making greater sense to
2: people and at the very small end of the scale we've got people mm. with uh uh, vinyl presses who are dusting them off and getting them off listen, the money.
0: Listen, again. if um, please, please all let us know whoever's got any vinyl presses that are, <laughs> that, that are not currently um, operational. Yeah. Because um, everyone's getting excited about vinyl and 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 rightly so, and, you know. And there's some fun about how much vinyl is being played or whether it's just a kind of part of a merchandising item. But no, certainly, it's um. any presses, let us know where they are, please.
2: Sure. I guess one of the things that that hasn't changed in in music is the fact that um, you know, live gigs are are still incredibly popular, and mm. and particularly in, here in the UK, uh, the number of festivals seems to seems to double every yeah. few years. H- how important is the live element both to the label and to the artists?
0: I I, I would think far more than half the artists that I work with their their live performance is is their kind of raison d'être. Right. Um, goes as i mean we always have the thing of just and uh, our artists will never think you understand them until you have seen them live and and performing which is why we spend all of our time tracking that tracking them down Uh, no no could continually it's the starting point for for most artists and ultimately if if most of the greatest artists are asked you know the highlights of their career it will primarily always be a particular show or particular live gig you know what's the best moment of your career and not
1: being in a recording studio yeah they they, (laughs)
0: exactly they're not going oh it's on the way to the tv program it's performing this tv or this radio session they they understand that's a necessary part of their exposure but it will be when I walked out at Wembley when I walked out at the town and country club when I walked out the forum when I walked out at the Barfly, when I walked out at Nebworth, when I walked out at Rockin Rio, when I walked out at Coachella, when I walked out at the Bowery Ballroom, that will forever be the um, yeah the the most. So so it's it's crucial. There are, are clearly some shifts um, in in the market. You know there are some you know some some concerns at certain festivals and whether it's been overstretched. But the right line up, you know, the wildlife thing in in the UK the Disclosure running is, is has been an interesting thing. Glastonbury will always just give an indication of, of what people think is
2: right to be at Glastonbury and, yes.
0: and the madness that goes on with decision making there. Is that's is a, that's fun. an
2: interesting one because mm. you know, Glastonbury, which is the UK's biggest festival, you know, sells out in minutes yep. every year. Um, and it's almost given the organisers the the ability to put on acts that don't have to be yeah. that huge headline draw. Yeah. You know, having Dolly Parton headlining Glastonbury, yeah.
0: or, or, <laughs> or 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 just just probably uh, Leftfield sounds the wrong name because the, the, you know Dolly and that would never be really Leftfield artists. But but it 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 just encourages some diversity, it encourages some some kind of adventure, it encourages some bravery to the decision making and um and you know i love i love every every cool artist will always have some guilty pleasures every 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 artist that you think of that you know will always have a song that you just can't resist from loving and, and Glastonbury allows that environment to happen
2: given your fairly unique access to artists who, who would you have play at your next significant birthday or uh um, event
0: uh, I have to ask artists to do so many things so often that that I can't even even bring myself to ask <laughs> them for my for 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 my own personal events. Right. I mean, we would um no, I'm 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 always. Could you just do this? We'd love you to just do this, and uh, one more TV. Just case. just one more of this, and and listen, listen. There, there are, you know, I, I sympathize and empathize enormously with so many of the the charities that 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 you know most of the artists could could have a full-time career performing at charity functions and and right rightly and wrongly you know that that that's crucial it's important it's part of that but you know I feel so bad the way that we go can you just you know I know you've been on a plane for 17 weeks but but <laughs> but, but, but this event is happening and and yeah, and, 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 and they they know, are just they so such a rough time at, when they suddenly are off. accused of being this in the press and yet they've the amount of money that they've raised by turning up and giving their their you know handing over their performances for nothing for these people is, is to be commended and and ra- rarely gets mentioned
2: sure uh, Virgin Radio is relaunching on dab i think beginning of next year. Right. Okay. Um I'm sure it's a a very different part of um the sort of Virgin Empire. Yeah. Uh, but it must be a good thing for the wider music brand to have its own radio platform again in the UK.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean it's it was fascinating. I took over Virgin in what was its fortieth year. Um and probably uh having worked at Ireland and having worked at Virgin, the uh uh, i say this with some humor it's quite annoying to keep taking over companies where the the founder leader uh of those companies is so well known yes um i spent the time um at ireland how's chris blackwell how's chris blackwell um you know and and that he is an exceptional character on on every level and then i left the sanctity of um ireland to turn up at virgin how's branson Is branson how's branson then is he all right Is he, How's branson? he's still involved he's still involved and another incredible man who's, who's um, you know, they, they, they were once again people that just started with, 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 with kind of one eye on business, but, but the very essence of it was just to be exciting, to make, some, you know, crazy shit happen. I guess is 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 a technical assessment of what they tried to do. Uh, very different characters, very, very different characters, and yet overlapping in their ability to, to, to see an opportunity, harness an opportunity. For Find good people, find great people,
2: and is it is it that blend of commercial acumen and the ability to to spot great repertoire?
0: Yeah, I I think yeah, undoubtedly, undoubtedly. I mean, and I I don't even know whether and and this remains my my understanding of there. I I think I think people, you know, as a UK MD, I've pleasingly been around as many million selling albums in the last ten years as anyone else in the country, and. And 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 they still turn up unexpectedly. Um, you can love them and you can have hopes for them, but the the ones that actually come through, you you can't always put your money on that they would have been the ones. And and some of the others that you think are are arguably better or thought would have come through don't always connect in in the same way. Yeah. So you know, I did. You know, did Branson think that Tubular Bells as that record would ever become as enormous as it, was? it is? You know, I've. We, we've spoken you've heard him speak. <laughs> it was like this is interesting this is fascinating let's try it you know did Blackwell think that some guy from Jamaica called Bob Marley who did this w- would become you know as legendary as he did no he just kind of thought he was he was interesting he was fascinating and there was a there was an opportunity yeah but no 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 one knows and I, I think people are I think there people are rewriting history if they said that they knew that that one would become...
2: Is it, is it starting to become more scientific, though? I mean, you know, you must... No, no, it's C- not. C- categorically, really? not.
0: categorically not. So, categorically not. I So mean you
2: don't do focus groups and research and things for new artists?
0: You, 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 you'll do... You, you'll indeed do some, and there'll be a, a combination of things, but, you know, there is no one set way to identify a, a person, you know, whether it be seeing... Mumford and Sons down at the Blue Flowers in Chiswick, West London, and and you just go, there's just 300 people here, and you could hear a pin drop. And, you know, why would these boys, you know, if I did a focus group on, on banjos being successful in the UK, I think you can imagine what the focus group would, would probably say, you know, uh, involved with, with signing Florence and the Machine. You know, it was it was necessarily without the discernible hit song and and she was wild and would run around with bruised legs jumping off speaker (laughs) stacks and do that would would it have said that she would be the the girl that would would come through yeah you know back back to being a little bit um you know the on some of the tv platforms the focus groups would lead you into a very homogenized idea of a kind of pretty girl with a generic r&b crossover pop song and and maybe that's where your focus groups would come on occasion clearly we do research we sometimes it backs it up sometimes it enlightens you sometimes it gives you a different view but I would still think that that a gut decision from an A&R man from from myself running the company from from any junior member of staff whoever who just goes I'm just feeling that this is right because you know, we all say, would you go to a bank manager? If you went to a bank manager with your business plan and said, I've found this collection of notes, these collection of sounds, would you invest three quarters of a million pounds in this collection of notes because I think they can be successful? I'm i I can I can picture the bank manager's face. Yes, and I yet can. week in, week out, record companies, for better or for worse, and I've worked in them for a long time, so I know mm-hmm. we're what we're always accused of you know, we, we, we bet and we speculate and people turn up at record companies and they're given money with the people that have contacts and resources to try and make them successful. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of a nice situation to be in.
2: There was a lot of press coverage when you became president of Virgin AMI, um, of course, but perhaps the most widely shared image was one that uh, Iggy Azalea posted on Instagram. Oh right, do you okay.
0: That? Uh, no, no, I do, I do remember. I, Iggy, Iggy uses a. Uh, my name is Ted Cockle, and and she was using some slightly, um, slightly salacious phrasing of my <laughs> of my my surname. Um, listen, I've I've I don't even know how to. She, Iggy, Iggy can be a load of fun. She's got a proper a twisted. She's got a proper twisted mindset on on stuff. You know, she'll spend a life. Uh whenever whenever I see her she spends her life asking you, what would you rather do? Would you rather this or rather that and, and creates scenery and pictures of of really deeply disturbing circumstances and you have to choose <laughs> the least <laughs> the least uncomfortable of the two and and they are extreme and they are severe but that's the game that that she plays she sounds like great fun yeah no she she's enormous fun so so ted sucked my cockle on and 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 she (laughs) and and i could but provide her with a business card with with that very phrase there as as my as my heading and um no we we wish her well and she's a you know once again back to focus groups who would have said in a, in in any research that a white Australian female rapper would have had the the most successful hip hop releases in America in the last eighteen months? Absolutely. So yeah. she's a she's an exa- example in point. Is that the phrase? Example yeah. in point. Yeah.
2: That works. Um, finally, Ted, are there any questions I haven't asked you that you'd like me to?
0: Uh, no, I'm very comfortable. Uh, I'm very comfortable with everything that I've been asked, and uh, and I don't want to uh, ramble on on too much. But um,
2: thank but you. Well I really appreciate in. your time, okay. Ted Cuckle. Thanks
1: very much for talking to Madcap. Special thanks to Ted for chatting with Chris from Madcap. Special thanks to Lucy for helping arrange this interview, and a very very special thanks to all of the talented musicians whose music we've scored this episode with. Special thanks to all of the musicians, anywhere really. For a complete list of tracks used for this podcast, check out madcapdc.org. Madcap is produced by Daniel Bloom, David Ross, Afim Shapiro and Juice Nadecki. Snotty key moves up in the world. Our intern is Christy Newen. Madcapdc.org
2: on Facebook and Twitter at Madcapdc.
1: No, sir. Not me. Not me. I'm double platinum just like my Ferrari. Huh? Bulletproof. Nigga, tough Why you snoring that? That shit stepped on I'm smoking dope. I'm on my cell phone. I'm selling dope straight off the iPhone. He wanna quote, he talking nine songs. He both hey. four, I front five more.